Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Luminol Cocktail. Aside from it being the first day of school, how was your day? Great. It's actually the second day, technically. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Today's day number two. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But this is your first day with them Yeah. school. It was good. Good. I'm glad. The two older ones, I mean, just worked on school. They did their own thing. They needed a little help getting into their Google Meets because they needed codes for things. Fair. But I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> Once they had that, though, everything was great. That's good. It was just the two younger ones that had nothing to do that I was trying to entertain yeah. for most of the day. That makes sense. Without letting them be on the, like, screens. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So how was your day today? It was good. Um, I got some Halloween decorations, which made That's me fun. super excited. Mm-hmm. And then I got Mexican food for lunch, which made me which made me really happy. I'm jealous. I was I don't know. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> it was quite nice, especially since all that I have in my house right now is like vegetables and mm. chicken breast. Do you think I can eat hibachi? Is that soft enough to eat? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could. I ate a Ritz cracker with peanut butter on it today. I'm getting dangerously <laughs> bold. <laughs> First a chip with salsa, now a Ritz cracker My with peanut butter. My mouth hurt so bad after that, though. Oh, no. <laughs> I was in so much pain, just aching through the entire second escape room. I was like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it hurts. Literally, the funniest thing happened, though. And I don't know why. Maybe it's not that funny, but in the moment, I died. Because, like, this, our waitress came up mm-hmm. and she was like, all right, ready to go. It was the end of the meal, whatever. I was with a friend who has a child. Mm-hmm. And I had ordered queso, as one does. Mm-hmm. Because. Well, we didn't at the other place. I know. And. It was quite upsetting. It really. Because that salsa was spicy. <laughs> I was quite upset also. <laughs> yes. Anyways. Yeah, like, the time came to split the bill and the waitress was like having trouble figuring it out. I think she just had, like, a lot of tables. Yeah. And she was like, all right, so the taco goes to you. And I'm like, no, the taco goes to me. And then the taco – and then this goes to her. And then that goes to me. And she was like, okay, so those are the main dishes. Now for everything else. (laughs) And I was like, okay. She has the kid. I have the queso. These are our life choices. (laughs) And she was like, you know what? That simplifies it. Yeah, And I was like, great. (laughs) She gets the kid and the kid's meal. I'll take the queso and mine. This is the end. Yeah, unless you go to a Mexican restaurant with Alex and then. That's true. How did he get French fries with his thing that place? Okay, <laughs> I was wondering that too. He got French fries with his adult main course meal, like with like a kid meal, whatever. I can it, see it that. Was, it was a but steak even and then, cheese quesadilla, be... but he got French fries with it. I don't I know how he got, how he did that. He like he like slipped the waiter like he a used 20. His special Alex powers. <laughs> yeah. So before I went in for my dental procedure, I was like freaking out and stuff. And he takes his like hands and puts them here, and he's like, "I'm putting all of my luck into you, Aww. so you have it all now." And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> That's the kindest thing he could have. He said he's you. never gonna do it again until I have to give birth. <laughs> he's like, "You get no more luck until then." I was like, well, "Thank you." <laughs> hey, you know, at least you got it. Some of the time. I did, yeah. Was Use cool. that shit until it runs the fuck out. I did. That's what prevented the swelling was all the luck. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just soaked that up like gauze. I like it. That's what the luck did. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Didn't do much else for me. Because <laughs> I still had some problems getting them taken out. But you know, it's fine. They're yeah. out now. You recovered well, or you are recovering mostly well as far as I can tell. Yeah. I was talking a little funny, and my mouth, like my lips hurt to like move like that. Like I put mm-hmm. lipstick on on Sunday, yeah. and I went to I went to put my lips together. And I was like, oh, the place where my teeth used to be hurts." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. And then of course, then I I got more bold and ate an enchilada and some chips. The next day, I had chicken Chick Fil A, like you know, what are they? Chicken chicken minis or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah. Then chicken fries from Burger King. I don't know. So bold. What, what are you I thinking? Was thinking? I regretted my choices. I bet so. By, by Monday evening. I'm telling you, and I had so. mine out. Ice cream and mashed potatoes. Done. Well, I did eat things like that, but um, you really start to crave real food. True. <laughs> also, <laughs> solid be- food. <laughs> before I got my wisdom teeth out, my mom made me like, because I was still living with my parents at the time. My mom made me, like, this smorgasbord of all crunchy food. It was, like, (laughs) 
egg rolls and dino nuggets yeah. and tacos, just like all of the crispy, crunchy things I would be craving over the next week. She's like, let's just get this all out of your system now. Well, see, it's important we talk about this because as every podcast episode, we discuss what Taco Bell is taking off their menu. Oh my God. Are you ready for me to get pissy? Okay. So literally the day of my like surgery, well, not surgery, but the day my teeth get taken out, Alex shows me Taco Bell's taking off all of my favorite shredded All chicken your, things. And I was like, anything related to shredded God chicken is damn gone. It. And I don't know what I'm going to be healed next to order more. <laughs> and the Mexican pizza is gone. I've never had that before. Okay, it's legit. But I, it, don't don't try it because <laughs> you'll get attached and then they're going to fucking take it away for their streamlined menu. And I don't what, know. What are they putting okay, on there? I don't know why they don't. They're also getting rid of their pico de gallo. I, I, it's fine. delicious. I mean... I'm just saying. I believe you. Why don't they, if they're having problems, why don't they get rid of their breakfast and then just have regular all of the other things? I've never gotten Taco Bell for breakfast. I'll Fucking be honest. Same. I literally went to the doctor's yesterday. Oh, you like my band my bandaid, by the way? Oh, nice. Yeah, thank you. It's a nice Batman band-aid. I got Biting a story cry. to tell you about that, though. Oh, <laughs> but God. before we get off of this, um, I was driving past. And it was like 11. And I was like, man, I just, what, you don't really want fast food in the morning, like. Is Taco Bell even open right now? And it is because they have breakfast. I've yep. never gotten it before. It sounds terrible. Uh, but why are they getting rid of their shredded chicken things? What are they replacing they it with? Us. More Hold ground on. beef? No. What are we getting? No, they're doing some dumb ass shit. Show me. Because Alex just showed me what I was losing. And I was like, it says your mouth doesn't heal correctly for three to six months after this. <laughs> three to six months. I'm not going to be the same. Taco Bell is not going to have my shredded chicken. No. Okay. Whoa, sir. That We're is tracking old. Taco Bell menus now. <laughs> I am. Um, let's see. Taco Bell revamping its menu, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I just, I can't, I won't be able to handle it if I get rid of the the nacho cheese taco shells. I might, I might cry actually <laughs> if that goes next. Okay. Are you going to have some chalupas? Hold on, I'm trying to find the right... Here we go. Perfect. Done. Okay, they are adding a, um, like, green salsa. I it's love green, green sauce salsa. Made with fire-roasted green chilies, pureed jalapeno, mm. and hatch green chilies. Sounds delicious. I just wish I could have that mm. with shredded chicken. <laughs> um, they're also going to be bringing back the quesalupa. Didn't have that. Eh. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it enough to be attached to it because it was like... Well, now you're going to have to because I they're going to give you nothing else. I guess so. <laughs> um, and those are like, I guess, regional that will be available in select locations or whatever. And then I'm like, what is everybody else Have you ever been to the getting? top of the fancy Taco Bell? What fancy Taco Bell? There is... What is it? It's like oh, Taco Bell, like Catalina or whatever. Oh, yeah. I've I drove past one of those in Raleigh, and I was like, oh my god, you can order alcoholic beverages You there. can. I was like, what is this? I want to go to one, but I've never been to one. I also want to go to the Taco Bell in Vegas, because there's like a whole Taco sure Bell hotel. Good. What? Yeah. Do you get married in Taco Bell there? You fucking can't. Oh my god. You better right. leave. My trashy oh, ass yeah. would do that, too. <laughs> I was gonna say. Like, we should all take a nice little trip to Vegas, we'll do some escape rooms, and then... And then, we'll all get married at Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> all four of us will get married yeah. together. Perfect. Um, there's another, like, some kind of, like, guava drink or something that I've seen people posting about coming. But I'm like, how right. does a drink take the place of, like, so, yeah, what four are we getting chicken for menu food? items? Quesalupa. What is that? Maybe if you're lucky and in the right place. <laughs> I think it's being tested right now in, like, Tennessee or something. Let's see. What is a quesalupa? We're deep diving on yeah. Taco Bell. These are the important topics, okay? But Taco Bell is pretty good politically, right? So, like, we can continue buying from there because I know you stopped buying from Chick Fil A. I did. Okay, I did not. I got what Chick-fil-A is a quesalupa <laughs> from Taco Bell? It's a stuff. It's a shell mm-hmm. stuffed with melted mozzarella and pepper jack cheese and stuffed taco ingredients. What I'm sorry, like a beef, taco, lettuce, cheddar cheese. I want to see a picture like a of taco. it. Right. It's a cross between a quesadilla and a chalupa. I don't know what a chalupa is. Um, I'm trying to find a picture. Oh, and here's a whole list of the things they got rid of this year. It's making me real sad. I think I'm going to ask for Taco Bell tonight. <laughs> I had green beans and broccoli. 
And half a cup of rice for dinner. Mm-hmm. Tasty. It's so good. I, I, I'm going to get back to, to eating healthy. I just... I mean, I basically took the whole weekend off, so... Don't, don't. I can't really bitch. I and I had Mexican out. for fucking lunch, so I can't yeah, really bitch about it. I just, I, I was reading that, like, if you work out, because it gets the blood, blood pressure pump, up. Yeah, mm-hmm, and I was like, well, I'd really like to not get yeah. that. That, yeah, <laughs> the thing we shall not talk about. I mean, you can say it now, I'm not horribly nauseous. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say dry rot, but it's actually dry socket, which you get from your wisdom teeth. Actually, did you know? Fun fact. Because I did some deep diving on dry socket. As one does. <laughs> yeah. Um, your chances when you get your wisdom teeth, like, taken out, they jump from, like, 5 to 7% with any other – because you can get dry socket in any, like, teeth extraction. Yeah. But when you get your wisdom teeth, it goes up to a 30% chance. Do you know why that is? Like, no, I have no they, idea why. No, I like, hey, here's some random ass shit. Pretty much FYI. that. So, like, be super careful. Yeah. Um. So, we were worried that I was going to get dry socket, but Alex told me I was going to get dry rot, like a house, and that then made Tiffany sick to her stomach. Well, it wasn't just that comment. It was that well, the boys were going back and forth there talking about dry details. rot. Yeah. Dry rot and wet rot. <laughs> that one. And it just, it At was lunch, too. I was going to say, while I was trying to eat my taco salad. It was rude. It was not the greatest of times. Very rude. That escape room we did, though. That was great. Top notch. Yeah. Um, if anyone lives near Beaufort, you should go to Every Second Counts Escape Company? Or Escape, what is it? Every Second Counts, they have escape rooms. <laughs> I know the address. It's 22 <laughs> Sam's Point. <laughs> You got asked it 87 times. <laughs> yeah, I know. But we did um, a criminally insane asylum, and Tiffany was was tied up with rope and blindfolded, and I was put into a straitjacket with a bag over my head. I had to hold hands with Alex for an uncomfortably did. long yeah. amount of time. <laughs> um, and then Ian was handcuffed and was getting shocked by a shock pad on the back of his, like, jail cell. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We did not make it. <laughs> we almost did, though. We did almost make they it. They were pleasantly surprised with how far we got. I know. I like there. I want. They have a Harry Potter room coming. This, I know. This month. Oh, this month. This month it comes out. Bitch, it's going literally. Back. It's literally Harry Potter because it talks about the three Where? Deathly Hallows and I everything. Saw that. I was like, what? Like I saw, but I didn't realize it was this month. Like I saw that oh, yeah, there was like month. a sign that was like a Harry Potter sign, and I was like, oh, maybe they used to have one. Huh? No, it's this coming out this month. I don't we're know going back. Thank goodness. It's only like an hour, right? Yeah, hour, hour 15, something like that. Well, it's not that bad is basically what it breaks down to. And everybody who worked there was super nice. Very passionate. Super good. Oh, God, yeah. Which is is what we like. I was going to say, for us, passion really sells it. Truly. She was excited, too. you don't want to be there, if you're somebody who works in a game like that and you don't want to be there, Mm -hmm. it makes it really hard for the people who are – yeah, so, like – People who are trying to have an immersive experience mm-hmm. when the person who's in charge of you, who's your game master, is essentially just not giving a single shit. Is a teenager who doesn't really want to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Or who's telling you, ma'am, you need to use the radio <laughs> appropriately. And it's like, bitch, I use these same radios. When I'm drunk every and I didn't find that. No, those are the <laughs> same exact radios that I use at work. We but have you've those, done it drunk, though. I've done it drunk and I've executed just That's what I'm fine saying. yeah so so put your walkie-talkie on the charger ma'am it's all i'm yes just informing yeah you. the lady of the, of the second place we had gone to that day was so passionate about tying us up and and locking us up that it was a little caused me a little nerves <laughs> i was definitely but. but she was very very nice though like the minute they tied my hands, and I was like, oh, and the anxiety sets in. She was like, are you going to be okay? Yeah, she asked multiple times. Like, you know what, Alex realized? We did not sign a waiver. Not a single one. Not a single waiver was signed at that room. No paperwork And Ian was getting was shocked in that room, which yeah. seems weird. That could be a problem. Yeah. We should probably talk to her about that <laughs> the next time we see her. <laughs> Just maybe. Man, we like you a lot. And want you to be successful. Alex's parents, like his mom, because we were talking about how like that place isn't a chain. Right. And that we prefer to go to ones that aren't chains. I think she then thinks private escape rooms are done in people's basements and we're actually going to be kidnapped. And I'm like, no, like it's an actual business. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me that that's what she thinks, though. 
No. She also was like, oh, if I were you, because I told them how I was in a straitjacket, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like locked in anything. Ian undid me and I was right. done. Right. Like, it was, the straps were done, but honestly, I think if you were forceful enough, you could have gotten it off yourself. Probably, but I would, I didn't, they would have struggled. They said that we would lose Right, you know, right. But I would get kicked like, out. I just mean, like, from a safety standpoint. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have been. Yeah, I wasn't, like, I had no key locked on me right. or anything like that. Um, but she was like, Lindsay, if I were you, I would have just gotten out and then left. And I was like, what? <laughs> I paid for that. <laughs> like, what? I paid to be put in a straitjacket, like, ma'am. But I was having fun. <laughs> it was a good time. I was like, I like those kinds of things. Aw. <laughs> yeah, because she, she doesn't like them, so, you know. It's a, my dad was, he was like, you're fucking insane. I'm <laughs> like, oh, it was good for me. Well, it was a good time, okay? And he, my dad, so he was like brought up um, like Catholic, but he himself isn't really Catholic as far yeah. as like religion and stuff. He, I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe in anything. Not sure though. Fair enough. Um, but he is scared shitless of any demonic. Really? Satan worshiping. Oh, he would have not had a good time no, in there. No, I told him that and I was like, you, you would have been. So upset. He wouldn't like us to play with, like, homemade Ouija boards because it freaked him <laughs> out too much. We were welcoming an evil he did not want to deal with in his house. So. All right. Yeah. And then he has me for a daughter. <laughs> and like, now yes. here we are. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Actually, I, I wanted to apologize to both Tiffany and our listeners because last, like, three weeks now, I, as the editor, have been slack in putting up things late or without blog posts, which is... Really all my fault, but uh, last week was a special case because I was getting over wisdom teeth. I was going to say, you had a butt surgery. Still, though, it's not an excuse, so I'm going to be better. It's my new promise. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, All that being said, do we want to get into it? Yes. So what are we talking about tonight? Talking about family annihilators. Yes, we are. I got a little bit nervous when I said it because I was like, ooh, what if that's the not the one we're supposed to be doing? No, it that's is. That's the one I've got prepared. Next time I'm going to play it up. What? Uh, what? What? I no, you'll have to wait a couple weeks now because I'll be <laughs> expecting it. But like in a couple weeks, I'll have forgotten all about this. Pull and then all my like, acting what? chops And I'll I be got. like, oh, god damn it. I'll even have a new one like up and ready. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who's going first tonight? Um, That's a great question. Who went first last time? That's also a great question. I think you went first last time. I don't know. What, I was, what was the last one? No. Wait. Last one that was posted is oh, not the last fuck. one we recorded. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> last one we recorded was Botched Investigations. We're going to flip a coin again. What do you want? Heads or tails? Oh, heads. You're going first. Woo! Go in first. Okay. So... Since Tiffany said we're talking about family annihilators, I will be talking about the Martin, I'm going to go with Bergen, not sure though, (laughs) murder-suicide case. Is that how you say that? Is that Bergen? Sure. Bergen? I think Bergen. Bergen? That's how I say it. Yeah, it's fine. So Martin Marty Bergen was born on October 25th. 1871, so we're going way back when. Yeah, we are. And he was born in North Brookfield, Massachusetts. Masshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. The first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> and I hesitated for like two seconds whether or not to say it. That's why I was looking at you. I was like, what, what are we, are you making eye contact with me? I'm not sure. Um, he was one of six children raised by Michael and Anne Delaney Bergen. While Marty was a teenager, baseball was just beginning to become the national game because we are back in the heat. America's sport. Yeah, what is that from? That's a quote from something. I don't know. Probably like a cigarette ad or something. Maybe. I don't know. Do you like baseball? I like baseball snacks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I go for the snacks and like in the minor leagues, they have like those bullshit games that they play in between innings just to keep people interested. The notches are pretty good. I like like stuff like that. Yeah. I like getting hammered at a baseball game. I've never done that before. I have never been to an actual – well, I mean I have now, but I've never – you know, I go to hockey games. I don't get drunk at those. I feel like I should. I don't know why I haven't been occurred. The last time I went to a hockey game, like, I got, like... When you met the, like, all-star player? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, Greg Olson. I was going to say, how do we not know the name Greg of Greg Olson. <laughs> I met Greg Olson, and Alex was super jealous. Pretty sure I had him on my fantasy team. You did. Yeah, yeah. and then I won that year. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. He's <laughs> really cool. He's super chill. 
Um, and the rednecks in front of us who tried to get in a fight because they wanted to correct me about Whoa. what was offsides. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry, not what was offsides. I'm thinking about two different sports. What was icing? And I was like, sir, let's talk about what When you icing, ice somebody? Like icing the puck. <laughs> when you when you hide a smirnoff ice? Just like that, yeah. Okay. They do that in hockey? They wow. do. They drink it while they're playing hockey, uh-huh. actually, they on like, one knee. <laughs> yeah. They just have to stop. It's it's a fairly new thing. rule if some of you guys yeah, have yeah. heard the, about some it. Some of the audience members actually have smirnoff under their seats, too, so they got to they gotta contribute. You better look right now. <laughs> Man, that'd be so fun. <laughs> we get the audience involved. You know, it's like our first. Anytime we, uh, if we ever decide to send out merch or whatever, <laughs> or do a raffle, it's like this is what you're gonna win. And then they open the box and it's just a smearing off ice. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like warm and gross from being shipped. <laughs> that'd be a dick move, but we'd probably do it. Oh, that would be. Um, to answer my own question, I like baseball. Good. Do you have a team you like? I don't know. You don't know. That's okay. I I like minor league baseball. See, I don't know because minor league. there's minor league here. That I like oh, the River Dogs. Okay, their mascot is a dog. Perfect. It's right on the water, so you can sit Perfect. in the away bleachers and get a great tan. Nice. And you can just get hammered for cheap there. See, so back home, Alex, pretty much everyone ever in this world hates the field that the Florida like. Uh, rays have because it's all it, it's a giant dome interesting there's no outside oh it's inside it's air conditioned it's nice it's got bright what? lights you feel like you're outside no one likes it though it upsets me because i like it i don't want to go sit outside when it's hot <laughs> that's fair it's gross um but i like the rays or the red Sox. fair enough yeah mm-hmm. so back to this um because this was becoming the national game martin and his brother william practiced the sport endlessly and both were excellent catchers william went on to play 11 years in the majors mostly for brooklyn however marty had a natural feel for the game you're catching a ball bruh i don't hey looks hard to me (laughs) i don't know i'm just saying (laughs) i used to play softball when i was see i didn't do that and I'm like the least athletically gifted you person I know. What, what 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 were you? What was your position? I played when I started. I played in the outfield. Mm. I was like right field or center. But then I got moved up to shortstop, and oh. then I got moved to second base, and then I got moved to first base, and then I was a pitcher. Nice. So I played a lot of different. Were you areas. a skilled hitter? No, no, no. I was not. You're a good pitcher. My oh yeah. Okay. Fuck my timings off, so no one could predict what I was gonna do. <laughs> All kind of wild balls up there. Just some crazy <laughs> shit was happening, but boy, I could strike some people out. Well, Marty Bergen, some say that he was the best defensive catcher ever to play the game, attracting plenty of attention while he played for a series of teams from 1892 to 1895. So not very long, but made a lasting impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marty met the beautiful, fair-haired, um, we're going to go with Hattie Gaines. Is that how you say that? Okay. Yep. So Hattie Gaines, and that was while she was a stitcher at a shoe factory in North Brookfield as well. That sounds just like a cute job. Like I'm sure it was a son of a bitch. (laughs) But like, yes, working in factories was great. (laughs) Um, So of course they fell in love and were married in July 1893. Marty was moving to Kansas City to play with the Blues though, and he asked Hattie to move with. But okay, she's got some strong feelings about the Blues. However, Hattie opted to stay with her family in upstate New York during the season, which, like, why not? Might as well. Might as well. However, living in a distant town away from his sweet wife took a toll on Marty Bergen. Marty was becoming known for his unpredictable behaviors and moves. Due to this, it was no shock when Marty suddenly left the Kansas City Blues to never return due to a perceived slight in uh, 1895. However, Boston, in desperate need, because they were not very good, had scouted Marty Bergen and acted quickly to purchase the catcher's contract for $1,000 to play with the Boston Bean Eaters. And I will let you know, I don't know what that is in today's money. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did not do that I appreciate research. your honesty. Yes. I'd imagine it's a lot, though. So many dollars. $1,000 in 1895. Well, I mean, we know it's more than $1,000, so. It's true. It's true. Did you know just a few, in just a few short years from... I think like 2005 to like 2020, a $100 bill was worth, is now worth like $130. That's insane. Yeah. 
Why am I still so poor, Lindsay? I don't know. Because <laughs> you don't have 2005 kind of money anymore. It's true. <laughs> um, so within a year, Marty had established a reputation for throwing out base runners. Uh, in fact, during one game alone, Bergen threw out seven runners trying to steal second base. Jesus. Thank you. I was gonna, so I'll explain though that why that's impressive. Um, so that's impressive because second base is supposedly considered the easiest base to steal due to it being the furthest away from home plate, which makes it more difficult for a catcher to throw the ball quickly enough. But Marty did it seven times in, in one, one game. game. Also, like, usually the pitcher is right, like, in the way sometimes yeah, of where yeah. you need to throw it to. And so it's hard to be able to make that connection because the pitcher doesn't always know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. They actually described that, like, he could throw a ball without even moving his feet. Like, that is just – he was just so – Damn. Into the game. Into the game. The yes. national game. He had skills. He did. Between the years 1896 to 1899, Marty played 344 games with the Boston Bean Eaters and helped lead the team to two National League championships, which was the best a team could do before the World World Series since it didn't originate until 1903. All right. So, you know. Doing the best they can. Yeah. Um, he was so good that even future Hall of Famer Jesse Burkett said that Marty Bergen was the best catcher the world has ever produced. Although Bergen was a great catcher, he was probably better known for being one of the oddest people to ever play the game. Hmm. Yes. So Marty Bergen suffered from an apparent mental illness, experiencing excessive highs, oh no, sorry, expansive highs and despondent lows. Many people believe that Marty had schizophrenia and suffered from manic depression, though this was never confirmed. Um, Dr. Carl Salzman, that's what I'm going to go with, he's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, examined various accounts of Bergen's behaviors, explaining that he would make such a diagnosis if Bergen were a patient of his. Mm -hmm. So um, schizophrenia can be marked by delusions leading to experiences with a belief that something is happening that isn't, and it's usually threatening. It causes the person to become more vulnerable to the usual stresses of life. So being a major league baseball player probably comes with some serious... Stress. I would imagine, especially if you are, like, a core player, because, like, yeah, it's it's stressful to be on a successful sports team, mm-hmm. but also, like, if you're considered one of the anchor players, there's just that yeah. added level. Yeah, absolutely. And today, someone like Bergen would be treated with medication and therapy, but back then, many people with Bergen symptoms were simply placed in hospitals and, like, locked up, and that was it. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. The only medication Marty got were mild sedatives that helped calm and settle anxiety, which were worthless against Marty's afflictions. Fair enough. So, wasn't super useful. Yeah. Um, by 1899, Marty's condition had worsened, which did lead to some internal turmoil for the bean eaters. Marty was experiencing hallucinations of enemies attempting to poison him. Bergen imagined his teammates were making jokes about the death of his four-year-old son, Willie. Aww. Yeah, to make matters worse, Bergen was also late to Willie's funeral due to the team being on the road. Fuck, so, dude. Yeah, Marty arrived in time to see his small son being carried out in a coffin and had missed the entire, like, religious what service. What the fuck? They couldn't... I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm the dad. You're gonna fucking wait for well, me. Well, Hattie bitch. was there. Okay, fuck you, Hattie. <laughs> I don't know. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was was divorce a thing back then? It was if you were a man. Oh, that's true. That's true. Fuck that. Um <laughs> So it just it just continued getting worse for Marty. He began sitting with his feet in the aisle of passenger trains while traveling for games because he wanted to be able to see his assassins approaching from either side. He believed the National League had hired a doctor with intentions to poison him. In mid-July 1899, Marty Bergen just walked off the team's train at the beginning of a road trip, leaving the Bean Eaters with just their backup catcher in the middle of a pennant race, which is pretty important. I mean, I feel that. That just happened to my hockey team. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot. So. Yeah. um, I feel like your, your player, though, probably isn't. No, I think the uh, circumstances were quite different. I do. I do think that. Um, By August, he was attending fewer and fewer games. The team's physician diagnosed Bergen with a problem called tobacco heart, which was frayed nerves due to an excessive use of nicotine. Yes. Okay. Well, also, yeah, I mean, mean, schizophrenia was not a a thing, like... But also, okay, schizophrenia is not a thing, but tobacco heart is. Okay, well, I'm just saying, (laughs) schizophrenia was a thing, it just wasn't a a thing that was diagnosed. (laughs) I don't know, I just... What were we thinking? Frayed nerves. Frayed not. (laughs) So things just seemed to spiral as Bergen's condition grew more acute. 
Although he was aware of his mental state and sought out remedies from doctors and had asked for for help from three different Catholic priests, he was still suffering. Um, Even though the medications would have done nothing to help Marty, he refused to take the prescriptions in fear that other league players were attempting to poison him. Damn. Again, they wouldn't have done anything, but still, it was just that bad. Marty would brood in the clubhouse, staring off into the distance for hours. He invoked fear in his fellow teammates, causing Boston's club president, um, Arthur Soden, to be careful, um, to warn his teammates to be careful around Marty, fearing what Marty might do to another player. Shit. Like, he was such an important player that, like, no, we're not going to get rid of him. Just stay out of his way, basically. Right. Yeah. But players were kind of like, uh, either he goes or we all go. So it was, it was kind of getting down to that right. kind of a choice. By October 9th, um, Marty had to be re- removed from a game after he had dodged the pitches instead of catching them because Bergen thought his pitcher was throwing knives at him instead of baseballs. Fuck. Yeah. And that was, like, in front of that's fans. That's terrible because that's, like, so public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though his teammates feared him, Hattie did not, and she was not worried about their ch- their children's safety either. Um, Marty Bergen doted on his six-year-old daughter, Florence, and three-year-old son, Joseph. He enjoyed hitching up his horse and buggy and taking the kids to go pick up mail in town. Like, he he really, he seemed like he enjoyed his kids, even Hmm. though he was suffering. Um, but he was not getting along with his father, Michael, whose drinking had been the source of tension. Apparently, the relationship had really suffered because when Michael showed up at Marty's house on January 18th, I think of 1900. On my birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know. Um, to live with the family, like previously decided, Hattie refused to let her father-in-law inside. Okay. Yeah, and I guess it did break out into, like, a pretty big fight um, between Marty and his father, Michael. Yeah. And it got to the point where Hattie, like, hid the shotgun that they had there, like, mm-hmm. in their bedroom because she was just worried about what was going to happen. Yeah. So on the morning of January 19th, 1900... 28-year-old Marty Bergen ended his life in murder-suicide at his home in North Brookfield, Massachusetts, like I had said. Neighbors were shocked and had not seen any warning signs to this decision. Many of them had seen Marty before this tragedy occurred, describing him as unusually cheerful. Mm. They believed Marty to be incredibly devoted to his wife and a gentle church-going man. The crime tells another tale, though, because it's brutal. Oh, God. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, So Marty Bergen awoke early on that fateful January morning inside his family's wooden farmhouse on snow-covered land and began making a fire in the kitchen stove. His wife and their two children were still fast asleep in an adjoining room. The plaguing paranoid delusions that had interrupted the Bean Eaters game were weighing heavily on him that morning. Without lighting the fire that he had prepared, Marty headed into the room where his family slept, axe in hand. Mm. He brought the axe down on Hattie's head, blow after blow. She had even at one point gotten up and raised her hands to defend herself, but ultimately lost that battle. And so she was murdered. And then um, Bergen's three-year-old son, Joseph, had awoken during his mother's attack and began to cross the room to get away. And that's when his father struck and killed him with the axe. Bergen's six-year-old daughter had run off to the kitchen, attempting to escape the massacre. However, Marty Bergen followed and killed her as well. Afterwards, Marty grabbed a razor, stood before a mirror, and quickly drew the blade across his throat, nearly severing his head from his body. Yes. And all of this um, happened because that, you know, his father showed up the night before. He he had stayed in the farm. Mm. So Marty Bergen's father discovered the bodies shortly after the tragedy had occurred because he was on their land and stuff. And um, he he had gone there to... Um, maybe talk to them or something and right. the curtains were shut no one answered the door and he knocked so he left and came back about noon and noticed still curtains were drawn and, and the door was unlocked though so he went in and he found his uh, you know son and grandchildren and daughter-in-law yeah um so marty bergen is one of a handful of players to take their own life during their playing careers but he's actually the only one ever to take the lives of his loved ones in the process oh yeah, of, of my research is correct. There. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the tragedy that occurred on Snowball Farm plunged the little town of North Brookfield into the spotlight as this murder-suicide case made headlines. Bergen's good friend, T.H. Murnan, probably said it best in his note that was attached to the 28 white flowers he had sent. May these flowers speak a word of charity for Marty 
Martin Bergen, who had done this insane deed. Aww. Yeah. So. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I never heard about this before yeah. until I stumbled onto it. And I was like, well, I want to talk about this. Right. I've never heard of that either. There's not a lot of details about it, which is why it's so short. It's fair. If you can imagine. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I do know that at his funeral, um, only two people showed. Damn. And it was very short and not many words were spoken. I was going to say, usually funerals for people after those types of things are are not super well attended. and No. Which is kind of sad because this guy did just suffer from a mental illness that right. today could have been treated and... Right. This, Managed. Yeah, yeah. And not... Wouldn't turn out this way, potentially. Right. But, that's, um... Yeah. That's the sad part, especially, like, when people struggle with mental health, like... If it if something happens and it ends poorly, like people just get hung up on that one thing and not mm-hmm. the entire life that was lived, yeah, by that person. And yeah, no, he did a horrible, unspeakable thing. Yes, yes, for sure. But as Lindsay pointed out, like he suffered from a mental illness, he needed help, and, and unfortunately, it wasn't just, a time when he could. Yeah, get it. it was not available at all. Like, I mean, they did prescribe him things, but. No, he didn't take them. That's pretty common with people who suffer from schizophrenia. Very, like, paranoid of things yeah. that they're getting from people, especially when they're not being treated. And the medicine wouldn't have done anything anyways, right. even if he took it. So, I mean, it's not it's not like he made that choice necessarily. But his wife wasn't afraid of him, though. And that was very yeah. clear. She even, like, humored a lot of his, like, paranoid thoughts yeah. and would just try to make light of this really right. dark situation make their life more livable yeah yeah so that is the uh murder suicide case of martin bergen that that is what that is yes (laughs) mine is kind of quick also like it's not six pages by any means i think it's like four i i intended to mine to be longer like i said it's just there's not a lot out there (laughs) so um the whole reason i picked mine was because again Six degrees of murder separation. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a girl that I had met was involved in this case. And it was a whole big thing when all of it went down. So as I do, I was just like, let's do this thing. Perfect. Yeah. So the girl that I knew, her name was Emily Champion. She was a veterinarian that specialized in equine medicine. She worked for uh, an equine practice here In her first year after graduating from Auburn University, the vet clinic, one of the local vet clinics here would basically hire a lot of first year grad students and they would work there for like a year, almost as like an internship so they could get like actual practice under their belts. But there were like more senior vets or whatever who also were like the anchors of the practice. After her time in South Carolina, Emily moved to Louisiana where she worked at another equine practice. She actually did a lot of racetrack medicine. Mm -hmm. That was something she was really passionate about. Um, her parents, Lindsay and Joy, husband was Lindsay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's spelled just like yours. Yep. <laughs> yep. Raised Emily and her brother, Ryan, in Cadiz, Kentucky. On October 26th of 2014, Emily and Ryan were actually home visiting Lindsay and Joy. Ryan still lived in Kentucky like I said before, Lindsay was coming from Louisiana. It was a Sunday, and they'd all gone to church services earlier that day. Lindsay what worked with the church. I think he was like a deacon. Mm-hmm. Basically, what happened, they just met this guy, Vito Reservato, a week before, just briefly. Lindsay and Joy were well-known for being friendly, welcoming people. It wasn't unheard of for them to just kind of meet somebody and Yeah. There you go. Instant friends. Emily and Ryan were home when he reportedly came by. His entrance into the house would change the course of their family forever. Because of the immediate investigation into what went down, Ryan, the sole survivor, wasn't allowed to speak openly on the events of that night. In interviews, he admitted again that they had a very short relationship with Reservato. And the other thing he continuously said and his interviews was how much he wished he'd been able to intervene and save his family. The official story was as follows. Joy and Lindsay were out of the house. Emily and Ryan were there in their family home. Shortly after his 
the arrival of Vito Reservato. He took both Emily and Ryan hostage, tying them up, and basically just acting erratically, saying all kinds of crazy things. Ryan was so concerned for Emily, he didn't even think of what could happen if his parents happened to return home while all of this was going on. Tragically, Lindsay and Joy did return home in the midst of the attack, and they were killed. Emily was also killed. According to his statements, Ryan watched Reservato as this whole attack was going on. He was shooting the family members. They were killed by gunshot wounds. Ryan watched them, and when the timing was right, he moved to overpower Reservato. And once Reservato realized he didn't stand a chance, he took his own life. Hmm. Ryan was in shock, but was so blessed to make it out with his life. Mm -hmm. He ran across the street and asked a neighbor to call the police, who arrived to find four bodies in the house. In an interview after this, again, Ryan would tell reporters he was spending that whole time waiting for his opportunity every minute that the attack was going on so he would have the opportunity to turn the tables on this guy. The next day following the attack, he was released from the hospital where he had been treated for shock and the crime scene was cleared. He went back to what was his childhood home where the attack had been carried out. He would talk in interviews about how it pained him to be there because there were so many memories how he was basically able to, like, envision his parents and different memories in the house and Emily and different areas in the house. Just specific little memories all over the place. Ryan would spend the next couple days trying to return to his normal life as a contractor and continue his relationship with his girlfriend, Anne Plotkin. The trouble was, as the investigation unfolded, people found lots of holes in Ryan's story. Oh, good. As they do. So it turns out, Ryan and Vito Reservato hadn't met the week before. They'd actually known each other for some time, years, according to one of Reservato's roommates, who'd heard all about Vito's good friend, Ryan Champion. Vito had actually lost his job a few weeks before the killings and was struggling to make ends meet and to support his son. He told his roommate, Ariel Lower, that someone had offered him a large, large amount of money to kill someone, and that he wasn't really sure what to do. Ariel told him he'd be stupid to kill a person no matter how much money they were offering to pay him. Vito apparently never gave Ariel a firm answer about what he was going to do with that whole offer to kill somebody. But later on, he told her, you know, he found a new job. He was going to start later in the week and that he found something else for the short term. Just kind of like an on-call helping someone with a tiling job. Okay. He was never super clear and straightforward about what was going on, just kind of vague details, but enough for all of them to think he had moved on from this weird idea. Investigators, once they found that out, were super curious as to why Ryan would lie about that detail. What would he be trying to hide? Mm -hmm. Their investigation of the crime scene also told a different story than the one Ryan told. The things he said happened didn't match up with the physical evidence, which really left them doubting Ryan's whole story about how the entire events happened. They began keeping a closer eye on him and started collecting information on him and also his girlfriend, Anne Plotkin. They subpoenaed phone company records and social media records, which indicated that there may have been a much bigger plan surrounding the attack. And every avenue they looked, Ryan was at the center of it. Hmm. Yes. Even little crumbs of where uh-huh. he goes. Just dropping some shit all over the yeah. place. Leaving trails. After a week of investigating, Ryan Champion was arrested on October 31st of 2014 for the murder of his mother, father, sister, and friend. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, a week. Yeah, yeah. Either he was a terrible criminal or they super didn't fuck around or little column A, little column B. Either way, damn. Mm -hmm. The phone company records revealed that Ann Plotkin also knew of the attack before it happened, and she was later arrested in regards to these murders. It was determined through their investigating that Ryan had hired Vito to help him carry out the attack, basically to put an end to a rivalry he'd felt for years. Mm. It was super well known in their community that both Ryan and Emily were very bright children the entire time they were growing up. They were super smart, Mm -hmm. just super good kids. But the difference is Emily knew from the beginning what she wanted to do. She knew she wanted to be a veterinarian. She knew she wanted to work with horses. Mm -hmm. She set her goals. She was on her shit. Yeah. And got it done. Ryan did not do those things. What? Yeah. He was 
super bright, just like her. Yeah. But he didn't have the motivation that she had. I was going to say, was he just lazy? Yeah, he didn't have the drive. And That does make a difference. Right. And the whole time they were growing up, she's, like, setting these goals for herself. Yeah. Achieving these things, and he's just over here not doing anything. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like Emily was the golden child. Yeah. And he wasn't, which the more he grew, the more he began to resent her. Yeah. And a lot of people in their town talk about how it was kind of a one-sided rivalry because Emily had nothing but love for her brother and, like, wanted him to do the best he could and live his best life. I mean, I'm sure when they were kids, like, there was some sibling rivalry or Mm -hmm. whatever, like, with every kid. Quite familiar with it. Yeah. (laughs) But far and wide, like, Emily wanted her brother to succeed the way that she was able to, like, pursue the dreams and things that she wanted to do. But he just never applied himself. Mm Mm-hmm. He didn't have the work ethic that she had. Yeah. And instead of looking at himself and saying, hey, maybe I should do some shit or set some goals or whatever, he was basically like, Emily's just over here fucking shit up and making me look bad and all this other stuff. And she's the golden child. And there was a lot of hatred in his heart for her. Goodness. Yeah. His jealousy basically just ate him up. Mm. Even into his adult life, obviously. Something else they said, anything that was a competition, he made it into one. Anything that could be construed in that way at all, that was where his mindset was between the two of them. Whereas Emily was just kind of like, whatever, I'm just here living my life. Mm -hmm. The jealousy for his sister also left him feeling a certain kind of way about his parents, too. And though most people didn't realize it or see it, he was growing more and more angry and discontent with the three of them. Yeah. Because, as you know... It's kind of like if your siblings think that you're doing well, eventually they'll start resenting the parents as well. Because obviously it's the parents who are showing favoritism because they just don't like you and like this other kid more. And not because they're trying to give kids appropriate recognition for the goals they're achieving in their lives. Yes. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Basically, like I said, Emily was working at a track. Or as a track vet in Louisiana, she basically had her dream job. She had actually just accepted a new position at another, like, more prestigious veterinary hospital, too. Mm -hmm. So she was accomplishing another thing. And he just decided he couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't handle the spotlight being on Emily anymore. So he decided to end what he thought was an unfair dynamic. All right. Yep. He planned the murder so that he could come out as a victim so Mm -hmm. that people would pity him. And also be like, oh, you saved your own life. Yeah. You're so brave, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, then he could just go back to his life and maybe try and actually apply himself to different things. Mm -hmm. And then he wouldn't be compared to Emily anymore. And he could just do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Kind of in a fucked up way in his mind. It's been compared to, like, him getting rid of her would end the rivalry and he would have come out on top and his own kind of... Well, technically, yes, since yeah. he's the one living and she exactly. is not. <laughs> Only technically, though. <laughs> but he's still a monster, though, so, like, right. I don't, you know, it doesn't really fix it. Right. Well, and the other thing was he couldn't just kill Emily. He couldn't just get rid of her because then... Oh, no. She would become a martyr. Yeah. She would have mourned. Exactly. Yeah. Her parents would have been hung up on her death for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. and so just all three of them had to go otherwise he wasn't going to get what he needed that is a bold choice to make hella bold (laughs) ryan planned the day meticulously quote unquote considering how quickly he got caught um (laughs) but he is the one who helped emily be there to visit that day of course He helped orchestrate everything so that she would be there so that he could go through with his plan. Mm -hmm. Now, because he helped orchestrate her visit, he also was charged with kidnapping. What? Because he lured her there under false pretenses. Okay. And then killed her. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. Two years after the attack, so in 2016, Ryan Champion got a plea deal. But it's okay. Okay. It's okay. Okay. He made a plea deal for four counts of murder, one Uh for each of the people who died in the house that day, as well as for that count of kidnapping, like I said, for his role in orchestrating Emily's presence in the state. 
that plea deal was approved by the family. For what a family? Reason, the remaining extended family. Okay. Cousins and <laughs> brothers and sisters of the mom and dad. Okay. Yeah. His girlfriend, Ann Plotkin, was also arrested and pled guilty to three charges of complicity to murder. Mm. She knew about Ryan's plan, and even after his arrest prior to hers, she would speak openly and publicly about what a great guy Ryan was, and he I didn't do anything wrong. And not care. Right. And she's like, no, he didn't do anything. It's fine. Can you imagine? She also, you know what else she did? Oh, boy. She helped spin the tale of the whole Vito Reservato being the one who murdered them and planned it. She was like, oh, no, he was obsessed with Emily after he met her that one time, and that's why he snapped and killed her. Okay. Yeah. So she was just fucking up all kinds of shit. (laughs) She was fucking up. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she cray. Not, and not in a... I'm sorry, you have a mental health problem. Yeah. Kind of way. It's a you're a fucked up human being kind of way. Yeah. Ann Plotkin was sentenced to 22 years in prison. After four years, she went to the parole board early asking for parole before her time because she had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Okay. They said no. Does it say what terminal illness? No, but she died the next day. Wow. Real terminal. Real quick. Things went down. Good Lord. Yeah. I think she had i don't know what kills you that fast i mean so you maybe find out and then, like you're dead like pancreatic cancer is it that quick i thought you knew about that though for a little no. bit no pancreatic no. cancer basically once they find it it's like usually stage four i think stage three or stage four Jeez. and is usually non-resectable because at that point it's usually metastasized to yeah, other areas of your body true. i just like can't imagine anything that's that quick of a right karma karma does basically <laughs> the disease she had was karma yeah coming back to write the scales. It'd be like that sometimes. This is why I don't do anything like that. <laughs> Truly. This is why I don't kill people or <laughs> help cover up murders, things like that. You know, no. karma. Yeah. You, karma's serious. It is. Ryan Champion's plea deal, just for some more details. Oh, yeah. It was for life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay. Still don't love it, but it's Well, fine. the reason why the family was okay with it was yeah. because executions in Kentucky have been halted since 2010. Ugh. Yeah. Well, it took place in Florida. Truly. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Basically, you can still be sentenced to death. Yeah, but that... You can be sentenced to execution, but but no execution. Exactly. Which means. What is the point of that? Which means that for years and years and years, you can go through like the appeals process and do a whole thing, whatever. Sure. And the extended family was kind of like, you know what? No, we don't want to be doing this. We don't want to deal with this for the next whatever years of our lives. I mean, no, that makes sense. Yeah. We know that he could – sure, if he gets the death penalty, it's not going to happen. And it's just going to be this long, drawn-out thing. So, yeah, if he wants to take a plea deal with for life with no parole, Mm -hmm. we'll take that too. So he can live out the rest of his life dealing with what the fuck he's done. At his sentencing, family spoke and gave statements – Ranging from forgiveness to telling him that he was missing whatever part of the soul made a person human. Yeah. That would have been me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, one guy, like, one of the uncles was very genuinely upset, obviously. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to do what your father would do, and he would want me to forgive you for making this terrible mistake. I'm sure Ryan loved that. Yep. And then the aunt was like... No. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I think you're not a real human, bro. Oh, my God. So he had both ends of the spectrum, which, honestly, I appreciate. Yeah. Absolutely. Get him all sorts of confused. Uh, Ryan Champion will live out the rest of his days in a Kentucky prison, which I also, like, just sidebar, have to imagine is way worse than, like, living the rest of his life in whatever imaginary competition he was in. Like, he was like, I'm so pissy, blah, 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 blah. But, like, now you're in jail, bruh. So much for that ambition. So much for rising out of the ashes (laughs) and being a baller. So, yeah. That's the story of Family Annihilator Ryan Champion. And Friend Annihilator. He took out a friend, too. He took out a whole bunch of people. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. So, basically... Um, so that poor friend was just roped in. Basically, the friend was just a scapegoat. Oh. 
That's terrible. And he had a kid. The whole reason why he was even susceptible to that plan was because, yeah, he'd known Ryan for, like, years. Yeah. And... Did that friend know what the plan was? Or he was just... No. Also, like, invited over, and then... I... From what I've read, from what I read, basically, what it seems, and obviously we don't have... Of course. Their exact words. But from what I've read in most investigations, basically, he thought he was going to be hired to kill Emily. Okay. And that was all that he knew. Okay. So still not super great. Still not super great, but... But still a victim. Yeah, still a victim. And it was... He was definitely preyed upon by Ryan. Yeah. Because... Ryan knew that he didn't have a job, that mm-hmm. he was having a tough time with his finances, that he had a child to support, and, Jeez, I cannot and was like, hey, real quick, why don't you come get involved in this super fucked up thing? So it was quite big news in the horse community. So I, Sounds like it. I didn't know there was a horse community. There is a horse community. <laughs> um, actually, Auburn University has a, or had, a run for her. I don't know. I think they were talking about doing it every year. Obviously, I'm sure it didn't happen this year. Yeah. In her honor, basically. That's nice, though. Yeah. It is. She was a really nice girl. You know so many murdered people. I mean, I don't know that that's something I want to brag about, but... No, I I wasn't bragging for you. I was just... You know a lot of murdered people. I do. (laughs) It's a little concerning. Here's the thing. When am I going to be the murdered person you knew? Here's the thing. People... Well, okay. Let me read. What is the Let thing? me preface this. Okay. I watch a lot of Shark Week. Uh-huh. And something a lot of victims on Shark Week say, they're like, all right, well, you get bit by a shark once, you can always go back into the water because, like, okay. statistically, yes. what are the odds you're going to get bit fucking twice by a shark? True. I Real don't know statistics. So, I'm like... If there are so many murderers in the world, you're surrounding yourself. Only so many people can be murdered. <laughs> okay. So if I know a lot of people <laughs> who are either murderers or have been murdered, the odds are in my favor to make it out of this one. I like it. I have to find a silver lining somewhere. God damn it. Um, that reminds me of when I would go to probably when I was a freshman. It started. My mom wouldn't let us go to school on, like, the anniversary of, like, Columbine and stuff like oh, that. Fuck, yeah. I went to public school, and I did have a few pretty serious, like, lock lockdowns. I had a lock-in one time. There was, like, a gang fight happening fuck. near my middle school. I went to school, like, in a pretty nice area, too, so it was very, very jarring. You want to know what? <laughs> one time when I was in Florida, oh, yeah. I was at a mall, and there was, like, the mall got locked down yeah. because of, like, people yeah. fucking shooting at the other end. Yeah. Um, I, my parents asked me, once I was, was a freshman, they asked me if I wanted to stay home and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't get too worried about those kinds of things. And they didn't say anything about it. And I came home. And so my mom finally asked me why I'm so okay with it. And I was like, I don't know, mom. I'm just, I'm just nice to everybody. I smile to everybody. Yeah. So no one's picking me out of a crowd to there kill. There you go. Because I'm nice to them. Right. I yeah. don't know if that's logically Let me just, enough, but. Well, here's the thing. If I'm not bullying them, that's probably who they're targeting. I was going to say, well, here's the other thing too. What do you lose by being nice to someone? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're fucking doing a good thing. You're being a good ass person. <laughs> yeah. So just be a fucking nice human. And then hopefully. If anything ever goes wrong. I don't know if that ever would have helped my case, but I was not going to do what you can. Yeah, no, And there are, there are a lot of, which a lot is of not, questionable people at my school. Right. Which is, again, not to say that it's ever any victim's fault if they're ever a... I don't know where you're going with I don't this. know. It's, <laughs> it's never, never any... victim's fault. I don't know. Right? It's never any person's fault if they are a victim of a crime. It is not what their fault. What about if the victim of the crime becomes the the crimer? The cr- the criminal? <laughs> yeah, well, the crimer. You know. What do you for mean? For the sake of the argument, like that statement. But what do you mean? Well, like, so are they are they still a victim because, like, they became bad because they were a victim of, like, bullying, for example? Well, no. Do we feel sympathy for them? Here's the thing. Yes. I think events are isolated. Mm-hmm. When it comes to something like that. It's true. Like, 
if you do something fucked up because you're like, I got picked on as a kid, like, you know what? It fucking sucks. And I feel sorry for kid you that you got picked on. But adult you can suck a dick. (laughs) In fact, you could choke on that dick. So we don't feel really bad for Marty Bergen. I do because it's not his fault that he had a... Right. I think if it's like a genuine mental disease that you're having a problem with yeah like a mental illness that you are having a problem with that is not being appropriately managed then yeah there is a certain degree of leniency kids are dicks though but yeah kids are assholes like i was bullied and i didn't do anything i got bullied in second grade for having a barbie lunchbox okay I will never forget that. Tiffany, do you think you and I would have been friends in grade no, school? No, <laughs> probably not. Well, okay, so hold on. I had a Barbie lunchbox literally the first day. In second grade. In second grade, because yeah. I only went to public school. I don't remember what I had. Oh, I, yeah. I was, like, was going to say, I went to public school for the like last half of second grade and first half of third grade before our parents pulled us from school again. Um. So, yeah, I had a Barbie lunchbox, and then I got made fun of after my first day of school. So then my dad made my mom go to Walmart and pick me out a new lunchbox. What'd you get? I got a fucking Kim Possible lunchbox. Oh, yeah. And it had a matching sandwich holder. <laughs> was I thought shit. you were going to say thermos. No, my Barbie lunchbox had a thermos, but bitches didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't care and kids picked on me. I super did. <laughs> of course I would. I didn't. See, we, we could have been friends. Because I wouldn't have been mean to you because <laughs> I'm not true. a mean person. That's and true. I'd just been like, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to do what I want. I'm over here. I'm just going to go my play mom, on the swings over here my now. My mom used to tell me, and I don't know if she really did it for my other, like, for my brother and sister. Because they're not, they're confident. They're just, I feel like they are they were more susceptible, like, to bullying than mm-hmm. what I was. And um, my mom used to tell me every single day. Whenever I looked in the mirror, I'd be like, I'm Lindsay, and I'm awesome, and I'm confident. So bullying never really got to me. But then when I got to high school, though, I was being, like, slut-shamed for having boyfriends, and things were being, like, knocked out of my hands Bitch, you're just jealous. It was very annoying. Very annoying. Well, I didn't go to real high school, so good old homeschooling. I I wouldn't have bullied you, I don't think. I probably would have been like, she's she's a horse girl, but it's fine. like, weird horse girl. (laughs) She likes horses. Whatever. You would have been friends with me, though, in high school, because we were, like, a bunch of misfits that liked weird things. And I would have been like, hi, I'm in a cult. (laughs) You would have been right on it. And then, there we go, done. (laughs) With my braces. (laughs) Did you have a lisp? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, but your parents wouldn't have liked me. Not at all. No, none of my friends' parents liked me. And I was the most polite, quiet person in the world. They didn't like that, though. That was shady. You know what? what? Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. I was, like, the most annoying fucking kid, though, because I wasn't allowed. I didn't go to regular school. You did not socialize properly. Exactly. So I didn't – I only knew how to behave around adults because that's all I was ever around. Oh, you were that kid. I was that kid. (laughs) And so, like, whenever I was a teenager, I was probably annoying as fuck. Because, like, 14, 15, when I started, like, actually being able to go to, like, horse barns and hang out with other people my age, mm-hmm. like, I could have a conversation with an adult. And they're like, oh, Tiffany, she's such a sweet, responsible kid. And then I'm like, yeah. And then, like, your kid fucking hates me, though, because I'm too sweet and responsible. And I don't know how to talk to them. So I'm going to just hang out with it you. It would have been good. I would have brought some spice to your life, and you would have reeled me in a little. Perfect. <laughs> oh, we could have balanced each other out a little. Yeah. So, um, came to the conclusion I should be dead <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah, basically, Lindsay should not be alive. You should be covering my case. I should be. Maybe I will one day. I don't know. We'll see whatever happens if Alex... Well, I'm not I'm not lying about where I am anymore. So, for starters... That's good. People know where I'm at. Do you know where our podcast is at? Yes, I do. Do you know where our podcast is at? I do, but in case anybody doesn't know, we're going to tell them where they can find us. Yes, that was even better than last week. I am so so fucking good good at at segues. (laughs) So, we are on our social media. We've got our Instagram at Luminol Cocktail Pod. And we're also on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. And our website is luminolcocktail.com, where you can find pretty much everything and anything having to do with us. We mm-hmm. also have feedback now, so you can do that. That would be awesome, because Tiffany needs it in her life. I do. I love feedback, guys. <laughs> we have a mailing list you can join, which you will get a email from us when we post new content. Love Whether it. it's a blog post or a live episode or anything like that, 
And in the show notes, if you look at those, you can find the links to our website. So it's just one click. Love it. Super Mm -hmm. easy for you guys. Um, Again, just to follow up on what Lindsay said, rate us, review us, wherever you can. Mostly iTunes. Mostly iTunes because that would make me real happy and I'd super love you forever. And we can't review our own podcast. That feels wrong. It would be super wrong, I mean, I can but I feel like that's just, that's a dick move, honestly, if you, like, review your own shit. Well, we need more friends that review Help. <laughs> um, so, yeah, rate, <laughs> review, subscribe, all that follow good shit. Follow We would love it. Uh, otherwise, what are we doing next week? Do you know? I super don't know. Um, I think it's Online Predator. We'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to need to double check that before I leave that in there. Anyways. Anyways, so as you were saying, wrap us up, please. We will see you guys next time. We're not going to see you guys. No, we're not. Time. Why the fuck am I like this? I don't we know. We will. You're going to go serve? Yeah. We will serve you. We will serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktails next time. <laughs>